This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, where we talk about German bank robbers. But first, listen to this other great OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On Back to You, Steve is worried about something he's been doing lately. Tell us about that. <laughs> what in the hell is that funny? Absolutely nothing. On Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. <laughs> what was that? What is that noise you're making? It sounds like you. I don't know. I'm just making a noise. I feel compelled that I have to do a noise right out of the opening yeah. bell. It's your, you know you usually do a usually do a hey hey we're back you know because you're very effervescent. Yes, I am. Um, I am. So I, I'm just compelled to make some sort of a a grunt or a noise or some wacky. I don't know. I, I guess, I guess I feel like I'm going to be judged if I don't do something like that. Do I not have to do that? Can I just be quiet and let you start? Well, if if you want to, I, you know, I think it's your rock and roll background. I think you're just a rocker, and you know, rockers when they get out there on stage, they don't just start playing. They they say, "Woo, Chicago, doing Chico, California, <laughs> Fort Wayne, Indiana, we love you." <laughs> La Vaca, Arkansas. Good night. Well, I guess that would be at the end, not at the beginning, right? Hey, so, I just got back from um, uh, Richmond, Virginia. I, w- I was uh, gone for the weekend. Had I took uh, took my lovely wife and my middle son Johnny, who had a great report card in college, and kind of give him a little uh, bonus uh, vacation. That's nice. And, and Bridget really needed a weekend away, and her sister lives in Richmond. So we spent, uh, you know, three, four nights with them and uh, really enjoyed it. And and among our uh, things that we visited, Dave, they had this mm-hmm. uh, boulevard of monuments. It's called, I think, Monument Avenue, which I visited for the first time when Bridget and I got married, you know, like 30 years ago. And I, I remember going there and my mouth, my jaw just dropping open because it was a celebration of a confederate generals there were like yeah. like 20 of them and I, you know i just i could not come to grips with the fact that we were living in america and these are the guys that attacked america and here they are being memorialized it's this great uh, monument of uh, uh, avenue of monument and this time we went uh, again, and they're all gone. Oh, are they? they I was thinking that they gone. they had doubled. <laughs> that no. they just made up generals that they put on the menu. No, really. So they're all gone. What is there now? Like a Starbucks or what? Well, what's happening? On there's an Arthur Ashe statue that's still there because okay. he's from there. Um, and there's a Robert E. Lee statue that is still there, but it is covered from head to toe with graffiti. And yeah. they've left it as a work of art to represent, uh, you know, what happened. <laughs> and you know, I, I think that's the it's the right thing to do. I, I'm happy they did it because th- these these are people that were traitors against America. 
Well, it's interesting you say this because I just donated to a GoFundMe campaign for the QAnon shaman. Uh, they're doing a they're doing a statue of him. Uh, so I figured, yeah, I uh, yeah. Even though you could argue, and I guess I understand the argument that it is part of our history, but we don't necessarily have to memorialize them. Well, yeah. You know, so come with me to Germany and show me the Hitler statues. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you mean there's not lovers right now sa- kissing under the Goebbels, the Goebbels statue right now? Uh, anyway, that's uh, yeah, no. that's all I wanted to say. I, we do have a show to do, yeah. though. Would you like to do the show? Um, yeah. Do you have the uh, the Jenkins jingle? I uh, always. Whenever I'm with you, Dave, I've got the Jenkins jingle. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Uh, what do you got? So, not that we get into politics too often, although we just did a few seconds yeah. ago. Um, I think we owe our listeners this delicious little gem that I found. Um... Do you remember going back when Donald Trump was president? Do you remember that by any chance? No, that um, uh, was a very brief uh, couple of years there. It just whizzed right by. Um, and remember how he was a little bit of a uh, grudge holder? Do you remember that? He's a little, <laughs> little grudgy. Little Trumpy's ven- a little grudgy. Little vengy. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you know this. You probably do. On his last couple of days in office, he was just firing off economic sanctions you know the 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 butler that didn't bring his coke you know probably got economic you know got sanctions against him um but he's especially you know he specialized in as you know countries and people that had wronged him obviously right 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 um and on his way out um he and i don't know who did this well jenkins who worked in in the white house imposed sanctions sanctions on an italian citizen named Alessandro Bazzoni, who had who, who had been supposedly a core facilitator of a network designed to help sanction Venezuelan state firm PDVSA sell crude oil. So basically, it's a bad Italian guy who is helping, you know, Venezuela fencing illegal oil. I don't know, whatever. Okay. The problem was that they actually sanctioned Alessandro Bazzini, who owned a pizzeria? <laughs> the pizza, the pizza guy, Bazzini, discovered he was sanctioned when he tried to access his checking account, and it was blocked by the United States Treasury Department. Um, I've reached out to the Treasury Department; uh, they have not responded yet to my inquiry. Yeah, uh, but it just—it just kind of. I, I think it's funny. You forget the breadsticks one time to Donald yeah. Trump, and you're yeah. getting sanctioned. I think is what happened, right? Don't mess with him. Do not mess with him. Uh, yes, he he, ha- he ha- was famous in New York for the way he eats his pizza. Because in New York, they've got that skinny, crappy pizza. You know the uh, the New York pizza, yeah, right? And uh, everyone just folds it and eats giant pieces of it. But uh, Donald Trump was using a fork and a knife to eat it. Um, and he was getting just lambasted in New York for the way he eats the pizza. I personally have no problem with the way Trump eats pizza because I eat it that way too. It's messy. It's messy if you eat it the other way. Anyway. So you eat thin crust with a knife and a fork? I eat everything with a knife and a fork. 
Except hamburgers. Yeah, it's a, a European really? thing. It's a European thing. I grew up in Europe, and that's the way we did it. So if I give you a Twinkie, you're eating it with a fork and a knife? You know, this is my kids are just as fascinated by this as you are. This is really apparently quite offensive to American sensibilities that I do this, but it's there's really nothing weird about it. I'm just using a fork and knife to eat the exact same thing that you're eating on your plate and I'm getting I'm not getting my hands all messy. Yeah, but you're not eating it fast enough like us Americans. You, there, there's a whole other step you're putting in here. Don't you understand in America we get the food and we eat it as fast as we possibly can? We want it now. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> right. Have you not ever seen The Simpsons? Although The Simpsons, have, they do use their knives and forks when they're eating. Yes. Now, you know what this is? And I know virtually everything about you, every piece of minutia. Yeah. I'm not sure I ever noticed your proclivity by to using silverware when... You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I so, am. I'm a, I'm a silverware guy. All right. I have a story so if for you. you yeah. if, no, no, no. Oh, hold on. Oh, so yeah. if you go to a ball game <laughs> and you're getting a brat, yeah. do you get... So it, does this, if it's sandwich encased in a bun, is that okay to eat with your hands? I mean, there's... The hand, only thing... What is the... The, the only thing that is okay... What's the denominator? Like, I eat french fries with a fork. No, you don't. I do. Really? The only thing that is not okay to do that with is uh, in Germany. If you 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 can get a uh, Frankfurter or you know some sort of Vorst, and they give it to you on one piece of rye bread with some mustard, that's the only thing that I eat with my hand. So, okay, so it's, it has to be a bread sandwich, basically. That, yes, that yes. gives you the dispensation. Yep. To, huh? Bread, bread is acceptable. Well, Give us this day our daily bread. That's acceptable. But uh, nothing else. Right. I mean, the other stuff is messy. I'm just being polite. Yeah. I mean, well, you're not. I mean, you're not wrong. It's just I I find it laughable. <laughs> well, this is who I am. All right. I got a story for you. Okay. Uh, this is a... Uh, this is gonna a, a story to reclaim my manhood after uh, after that last one. <laughs> this is uh, about an uh, MMA fighter named Kitag Pilev, who had a very memorable fight. I'm sure you watch it. You're a huge uh, MMA oh. fighter uh, guy. He fought uh, Devin Gooddale on Thursday night, but uh, something something bad happened. Fans in attendance for Cage Fury FC 94 in Philadelphia. Got to witness the first win by detached finger in promotion history. As the fight ended between the second and third rounds, when someone in Pliev's corner pointed to where his left ring finger used to be. Okay, kid, a few things before you go back out there. Watch the left jab. Keep your eyes on the mat. Keep your eyes open because uh, you're looking for a ring finger. It's gone. Go get him, kid. <laughs> it was gone. This is how he described it. In the second round, he caught my glove with one hand and held it. I felt my finger snapped. He kept pulling my glove and my finger snapped. We kept fighting. When the second round was finished, I see my bone out in the open. I wanted to keep on fighting because I felt I had this guy. Uh, yeah, listen, Sparky, you didn't have him. He ripped your finger off. <laughs> they had you down 10 to 9 in that round in fingers. <laughs> yeah. So, 
<laughs> the story gets better. I mean, the official scoured the cage, couldn't find the finger. The PA announcer asks the fans to look around their seats to see if it somehow was thrown off the uh, uh, out of the ring. Uh, finally, they did find his missing finger. It was inside his glove. It had snapped off inside his glove where it had been hiding all along, which got to admit happens to me every winter after the first snow I put on my gloves and there's inevitably a finger in there from last winter. But I mean, imagine the grossness of that. And, and well, I, this re- go on. I'm sorry. What are you going to say? I, his wife isn't happy. I see you're not wearing your wedding ring again. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I don't even uh, have that finger anymore. <laughs> what do I have to do? Right. Uh, this reminds me, actually, as you were telling the story, this reminds me of a story when I was at Case Paper. Um, you know, we had we were a paper company, so we had these big machines, and you had to cut the paper from the big rolls. You know, you would sheet the rolls, yeah, and then you'd make you know paper, and then you'd have to cut the paper to make it nice and square, right? Um, and the cutters at Case Paper, they had to document everything that they do, you know, from like. You know, 10 to 10.30, I cut job, you know, W3211 for Emmett Press, you know, blah, 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 10.42, whatever. Um, now, as you can imagine, those cutters have really, really sharp knives, right? Right. I mean, it, you got to cut, you know, thousands of sheets of paper. Well, one day there, I don't know, I don't know what his official term was, but I call him the paper loader guy. So he takes the paper off the skid, puts it on the back end of the cutter or the, or toward the yeah. I don't know toward the blade I'm cringing. and then the cutter guy takes it yeah he's a helper and he's a helper um, well evidently one day that cutter guy or the I'm sorry the paper helper guy uh, was out of sync and got his finger severed off of a blade okay, or you know the blade came down and severed his finger now in the paper game Rick that's something that happens pretty regularly dime a okay. dozen uh uh, I'm surprised we didn't have an orthopedic surgeon on staff there. I mean, you know, there was a lot of, you know, nine digit and eight digit people that worked there. But what is hilarious is Ray Bronski, who was the cutter or not. Or, yeah. Who's the cutter, not the helper, felt compelled to put on his worksheet, you know, where it says what he did. Uh-huh. He, it was something like 1032 to 1045. Had to help Chico find his finger for the boss. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote it on the worksheet. And, and and when I saw, when I found out that that, was, that happened, I ran out to the warehouse um, and got a copy of his worksheet and took a picture, or took a copy of it, and I still have it because I think it's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever read. Uh, you, and and you guess what Ray Bronski's me, doing now? You told He's me a cop. To, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we're docking you. It should have only taken you eight minutes to find <laughs> right, Chico's exactly. finger. You took 11 minutes here. We're, do- we're docking you for three minutes. You know, my dad had a bunch of friends that were in uh, Tool and Die and were yeah. uh, and a bunch of others that were butchers and so you know when i was a kid and the and the germans very handshaky everything is always oh, shaking yeah. hands they were very there were quite a few handshakes that i'd be like oh that's there's not quite it's not all quite there is it it happened all the time well, when i sold paper and i'd go and i'd go shake hands with a printer every week there would be you know 
okay, there's 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 four finger Fred. <laughs> we, we had little nicknames for him, you know, Stumpy Stumpy Smith. You know, yeah, it's uh, paper game's pretty tough there, Ricky. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do this other feature here. Time now for studio walls, and the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So this feature is the uh, the weekly journey into the Rick and Dave archives, and there are so many things that we've uh, done over the years. We've been at this uh, broadcasting game and writing game for over 30 years. And this week, uh, I'm going to go back to the very first interview that you and I ever did together on this show, on Minutia Men, because it is his birthday, Robbie Rist who you remember played mm. Oliver in the television show The Brady Bunch. Now, we didn't discover this until we were interviewing him, um, but uh, he wasn't on very many episodes. And I want to play that portion of the interview because, I, I, first of all, we'll hear the <laughs> the uh, surprise in your voice, Dave, as, uh, as you peruse this subject. Here we go. The very last line in the Brady Bunch episode ever. Do you remember what it was? I, I think it was. I think your mom has trouble talking about sex. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't think that was it. But <laughs> right. that, that, that was an episode I wanted to see. Okay, that's that, good. That isn't, that, that isn't it? What was the last line? Uh, the last line was Cousin Oliver just saying your name. At the end of the Orange Rabbits episode. The Cousin Oliver character goes, I think your mom has trouble talking about sex. That's not the last line of the show. Okay, so that Uh, was your last line. Oh, yeah. Well, we wanted to know what your last line was. Uh, Well, that was the end of one of those those six episodes, but... uh, yeah, that's that's what I remember. It was a long time ago. So you you only did six episodes because, quite frankly, I <laughs> I I've, I have visions of you for like thirty episodes. That's awesome. That you you were only six episodes. Uh, yeah, and it was weird. the last six. Which is why I get credit for being you know the guy who killed the show. <laughs> you know what? If you have to have something on your uh, on your resume, that's pretty good, actually. Uh, oh no! Actually, the truth of the matter, though is if a nine-year-old kid had the power to take down a television <laughs> yeah, dynasty yeah, yeah, like right. that, I could, I, well, I just can't believe I never got work as an industrial saboteur. <laughs> yeah, right. <you> know? <laughs> Robbie Rist. Happy birthday, Robbie. He's our age, isn't he? Or a couple years older, younger? Well, I, think he is, is, you know? I think he is one year younger than us. But uh, that was the first of more than 100 interviews that uh, we've done on this show. And he was fun. There's a whole section in there. If you want to find it, it's uh, on Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Uh, it's episode actually 19 on that uh, Minutia Men Celebrity Interview 19. If you want to find it, you can hear him talking about his testicles as well. Which <laughs> I is, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is a big uh, thing. If you tune into Minutia Men Celebrity Interview right now, this is what you'll hear on this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Rick, we had the good fortune of interviewing a really talented movie director. He directed Evergreen, who won about every independent film award out there, and his latest movie, Her Name Was Joe, is opening this weekend. We talked to Joe Duca. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. 
On this episode of Stick to Everything with Larry Hawley and Paul M. Banks, we talk about the origins of our podcast and how they actually began before the COVID-19 pandemic, and we mean just before. We also reflect on how the world completely turned on its axis over the course of the few months since we recorded that pilot. And it has affected all of us a lot. Listen to Stick to Everything on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, our Buick specialist Bill Kubik returns for yet another wide-ranging automotive discussion. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for this special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. Rick, we have listeners, as you know, all over the world. We do. We're global. Yep. Right. You yep. know, we're, yep. we're, we're like radio free. Um, we're, we're radio field free world. You yes. know, we're, we're all over the place. Um, I mean, hell, we were just in the top 20 in Costa Rica again. Not that I follow the Costa Rica charts, but we, de- we, were, we were top 20 again. Yeah. Um, but there's, it's possible that some of our listeners may have never met a German. I mean, it's, it's more than possible. In fact, I bet there's, it's, it's probably quite likely that, you know, we do have people that have never met a German. We talk about Germans a lot. Would you, can you give me a brief or give our listeners a brief general personality synopsis of okay. a typical German? Okay. All right. A German is, and this is a, a generalization, um, but uh, I've never found it to not be true. And I've known more Germans than you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, the Germans are generally punctual. Yeah. They are generally efficient. Their papers are in order. They are maybe a little OCD. Uh, yeah. They they uh, they like beer. And um, I think that's pretty much the entire personality yeah. profile. Well, I think the story typifies the the general sensibility and vibe of our Teutonic friends. Bank robber in Germany gets away with a heist because witnesses were distracted by his ugly tie. <laughs> witnesses can't describe the face of a man who robbed a bank at gunpoint in central Germany on Tuesday because he wore a colorful tie that distracted him. A, a stick-up artist in the German town of Bad Soden Salmunster. Did I say that right? I don't know. There yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, which is not far from Frankfurt, came up with an ingenious scheme that was as effective as it was subtle. He just wore a really horrible tie. The man, reportedly in his 20s, went into the bank in the central German town, um, uh, the, into that central German town on, on April 6th, and told the cashier to hand over the cash. I don't know. It goes, Und, uh, und, yeah, this is a stick-up, yeah? You know, I don't know how, you know. They, I'm sure he brought bags that were very clean, uh-huh. right? Yeah, uh, please, oh, sure. put, yeah, please put the money in these bags. Yeah. He, uh, in order, and please, so the ones he, not with the fives. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and according to police, the villain was carrying a pistol. He sticks up the, the, the bank. Uh, he leaves, and then all these witnesses couldn't remember what his face looked like because they were fixated on his <laughs> 1980s colorful, ugly tie. <laughs> what did he look like? Well, his, his tie was an abomination. It was rolled and gelp and schwarz and weiss and blau all together. It was hideous. 
<laughs> I thought you said something with Paisley. Yeah, yeah, Paisley, yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. For people that may not have met a German before, uh, that is a German. They fixate and they can't get it out of their heads. Wow, that's a great story. I love that story. Yeah. All right, yeah, I've got one yeah. for you that you're going to enjoy. Uh, Dave, what is my favorite? What is my favorite planet? Oh, you're an Uranus guy. Uranus, right? Uh, well, here I'm yeah. going to give you a story. Uh, this is space news from our science desk, desk. Okay, I've got some juicy news about Uranus. Uranus is truly one of a kind not only is it flipped sideways so its rotational axis is practically parallel to its orbitable plane uh, its magnetic field is an utter mess and it has rings unlike any other planetary rings in the solar system but now we know one more thing about uranus you ready Around 20 years ago, astronomers turned their instruments to capture x-ray emissions coming from planets now unlike every other planet uranus has no emissions not a single poof uranus was squeaky clean uranus was pristine if you stared at uranus nothing was shooting out now for the first time scientists have come uh, have finally detected some x-rays which just happened this week this is this is the news story they found x-rays coming out of uranus although they don't quite know why that's what they're working on they've got a few options Most of the X radiation in the solar system, they think, comes from the sun, which is known to scatter when it hits Jupiter and Uranus's clouds. So um, that's what they probably think is happening on Uranus. Although the scientists' calculations point to more X-ray photons that this process could account for. Basically, let's get to the, the bottom line here. Everyone's a little confused with what's going on. So why is so much suddenly shooting out of Uranus, Dave? I can't uh, stop I thinking did. about Uranus. If I had a telescope, I'd aim it right at Uranus and have a good, long, deep look. Pardon me for staring at Uranus, but somebody's got to get to the bottom of Uranus. Someday, God willing, man will finally be able to properly explore Uranus. We can send a rover that can extract samples from Uranus. You know, just stick a probe right into Uranus so we can find out what's in there. But until then, Uranus will remain a mystery. And that's this week's Space News. Uh I had I had horrible flashbacks of my colonoscopy <laughs> while you were just doing that story. Uh, the proudest I've ever been with my twins, uh, Aaron and Julia. You know, they do great in school. They're good people, blah, blah, blah. It was when we went to the Museum of Science and Industry, and they both pointed to the the sign of Uranus and started laughing. <laughs> I like those. I've made it. As a parent, If, if I totally was so proud of them right there. Yeah. <sighs> I actually didn't think I was going to get through that, but uh, that was that's fun. All right. So what is coming up uh, this week on the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview? I, I know I was there when we did the interview, so it's kind of exciting. I want you to tell people who it is. So we're talking um, in Chicago. We have quite a few. Um, well, we don't have any more. We don't have th- that many newspapers in Chicago anymore. In fact, we basically have two. So it's not real easy to get good news. Uh, well, as far as Chicago goes, there's not a lot of good news going on. But for us, as people that live in Chicago, it's hard to get uh, information about our city. So we talked to Seamus Toomey, who um, is the he's the founder of Block uh, Block 
Club. What is it? Block Block Club Chicago. Chicago. What, what is it called? Block Club Chicago. Right, right. I'm sorry. And he it's a great news site and we talked to him about you know the 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 evolution of uh Block Club Chicago. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, listen to this. It's right here. Go ahead now. Listen. Well, more importantly, uh, yes, th- this award-winning journalist was uh, talking journalism with us, but uh, we also made him tell us what his favorite Chicago beers are. Let's listen to that. It'll give you a little hint of what uh, Seamus is like. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. I'm told by local television hack Dane Placco <laughs> that you are a connoisseur of local beers. So, Seamus, did you hear Dane's latest that he stumbled upon some local brewery that everybody loves and he bought $600 worth of beer and had it shipped back to Chicago? Am I getting this story right? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> About? Yes, I don't want to say too much because I'm, I'm I'm angling for a couple of bottles. <laughs> yes, uh, this was uh, for beer fans out there. This is sort of the holy grail of West Coast beers. It's called Pliny the Elder. And oh it's, yes, uh, I've heard of that. It's like one of those beers you would need Smokey and the Bandit to bring it uh, here because it doesn't yeah. come east of the Rockies. So uh, I think I've had it once, but Dane found it in Colorado and, and apparently bought the store out. Dane, oh, you know, when I he was telling me the story, I've never heard such passion in his voice before. For. You know, I, I, no story about his kids or anything. This was the most excited I've ever heard Dane talk. And we can hear it in your voice a little bit too, Seamus. I, I can see how the two of you have managed to hit it off so well over the years. If you'd like to hear the full interview, listen to the Minutiaman Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. Well, Dave, another one in the can. Uh, special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H, shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And uh, I believe we'll be back again next week, God willing with another episode of This Opie Podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Sounds good. It's Tommy. And I'm Sam. And Hey, it's Ann Friends, and we are shrimping, queening, and everything in betweening. That's right. We're going to be throwing snowballs at each other. And learning about bear claws and those hot dogs in the hallway. Grab your menthol and listen to Ann Friends on Spotify. Opishows.com. Or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Rick Kemper. I'm Adam Howarth. And we are the co-hosts of Free Kicks, which is a show about international and particularly English Premier League soccer. On an all-new Free Kicks. We're going to talk about the Champions League, who won, who didn't, and what can come next week. Plus, my favorite feature, guess the Premier League star. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. And because it's football, try to do it without using your hands. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Reconcile the Isle. Welcome to Season 2 of Reconcile the Isle. 
in season one, my characters and I had in-depth interviews with social justice warrior icon types. This season, we're going to be focusing on the degenerate media. We'll be speaking to people who've worked with Netflix, The New Yorker, Comedy Central, about how they create comedy and if comedy has the power to change minds and hearts. There'll also be a smattering of people from journalism and academia who are working to create media to affect change. We're also going to include a special segment called Mailbag, where I'm going to take questions from the audience and use what we've learned here so far on the podcast to attempt to give you an answer, uh, not as an expert, but as a friend. Also chiming in, of course, will be my characters such as Melania Trump. I still DB best of DB best. Grandma Carmela Ravoli. I'm always happy to join the podcast if I have a martini first. And Judy, the manager of the Park Slope Food Co-op. Welcome to the Anti-Oppression Podcast episode. I'll see you in two weeks. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network.